Welcome back to another episode of Better Than I Found It, the podcast All Things College Golf. You're listening to Mike McGraw, the men's golf coach at Baylor University. My guest today on Better Than I Found It is Baylor's senior golfer, Johnny Kiefer from San Antonio, Texas. Now, Johnny's much more than just a really good athlete. He's also a great student. Johnny makes great grades, studies very, very hard, takes his school very, very seriously, but he's equally as dedicated to his golf and it's shown on the golf course. Johnny is also a great teammate. Uh, He and I discuss his recruitment to Baylor initially and then also his time since he's been here and what he'd like to do in the future. I think you'll really, really enjoy this interview. Johnny's a great kid and a great, great Baylor Bear. All right, better than I found it, listeners, let's give a big welcome to Baylor golfer Johnny Kiefer to the podcast today. Johnny, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me on, Coach. Yeah, I'm it's good to be, to be here. here. Absolutely, it's good to have you. Um, we had Luke Dossie, one of your roommates, on a couple of weeks ago, and we'll have Tyler Eisenhart, one of your other roommates, who are both also seniors like you are, in a couple of weeks. So the three of you are kind of, you're, you're kind of right sandwiched right in the middle there. I uh, sure hope you're ready for this. I hope so, too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, I think you're probably ready. Uh, You do have a pretty big week coming up. You're preparing for final exams. I mean, how's that coming along? It's coming along as good as it can. Um, Okay. You know, I still got a busy week this week. I still got some tests before finals week, so it's a lot. But, you know, got to do it anyway, so put in the work. (laughs) Well, I I think I remember the greatest relief in life when I was a young person was – taking that last final, knowing you did a good job on it, and walking out. It's like, well, they don't have me for at least a while. Yeah. Yeah, so that feeling's going to be coming. But between now and then, you've got a lot and a lot of studying to do. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what's going to be your hardest final? Uh, any accounting course. Just both, all, I, have two, I have two accounting courses, so both of them are going to be pretty challenging. Okay, well, I look forward to that. What's your Christmas break going to look like? I, I know that... Um, for me, it's like a downtime pretty much because we don't even get to go recruiting and our golfers are gone. So it's like I get to do some yard work. Yeah. Well, I'm not doing yard work. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll probably just be at home for most of the break, but uh, I head out for the Patriot All-American and, you know, uh, spend the day after Christmas and all the way through New Year's Day, I think, and uh, get to be in Arizona get away from hopefully some cold weather and uh, go to some nice weather and hopefully play some good golf. Yeah, that's a great event. And it it honor it uh, benefits the Folds of Honor Foundation. A good friend of mine, Dan Rooney, kind of got that going years ago. And, and they just do an amazing job with this tournament. I know you've played in it a couple of times already. When are you going to win that thing? Hopefully soon. <laughs> uh, no, it's definitely one of my favorite tournaments that I play all year. That's great. Well, we I think we have three of your teammates playing. I think Luke Dossie, I think Zach Heffernan, and Jonas Appel all be joining you out there in Arizona. So good luck with that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Johnny, you're the uh, second, as I said earlier, second senior that we're interviewing for the Better Than I Found It podcast. And um, I, I didn't do a whole lot of prep for you. I did a little bit to kind of get you to know it. But I always like to go back to the background of a player. And obviously, I know most or all of this, but my listeners don't. And I have a lot of Baylor listeners, people that love Baylor University, that want to know how did this kid get to Waco, Texas. So first of all, who got you started in golf in the first place? Uh, my dad did. 
Um, well, he's not a good golfer. He's <laughs> he, not apparently a good you golfer, didn't you no. didn't take his example. No, I didn't really. No, he used to be a he used to be okay. Um, he was like he was a single digit handicap at one point. Okay, um, that was before his hip went out. Um, probably just because he's got a lot of weight moving there. So wow. He's, he, yeah, he's yeah he's got to move a lot. So <laughs> he had to replace something at some point. Um, so yeah, he he got me started in golf mostly from uh, bribing me with lacrosse equipment. What? Uh, yeah. So um, I kind of I started golf because he wanted me to play golf. Uh, and he bribed me with lacrosse equipment because I, you know, I didn't really get new stuff that often in lacrosse. So uh, whenever something new came out, I'd try and ask him, and most of the time it'd be no. But this one time, he just goes, "You know what? If you take six golf lessons, you can have the lacrosse equipment." And I'm just like, "All right, bring it on. That's a week. Get it to so me." Your dad is a, is involved in bribery. Oh, yes, Good yes. Good job, yeah. John. Way to yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, no, at least he got you started in the game. I didn't yeah, know he was a single-digit dig- handicap. I'm very at impressed. At one point. Yeah, yeah, very good. At one point. Uh, so your dad obviously has a certain personality. I really like your dad a lot. But And your mom has a different personality. Mm-hmm. So what are the best qualities you got from both? Because I know parents are very involved in the junior golf world nowadays. What do you take from either one or both of them? Yeah, I mean, they're so different. So, like, there's so many qualities that I get from both of them. I'd probably say uh, I get my athletic ability from my mom. Definitely not my dad. (laughs) Uh, No, he he was a decent athlete. Decent, not great. Um, And I probably get uh, my brains from a little bit of both of them. My dad's very uh, common sense wise and my mom's very by the book. So it's really easy to kind of mix those two for me and I kind of got the best of both worlds there. Um, Whose personality do you emulate the most? I don't know. It depends on how many glasses of wine my mom's had. <laughs> no, I think no, I, I think I you're. Think, uh, I think I think I got a mixture there too. Yeah, you definitely got a mixture. Yeah. yeah, I would think you're the same. You know, your mom. I didn't get to know her very well in recruiting, but she's walked a lot of tournaments yeah. during your college career. Mm-hmm. So I've gotten to know her. She's a really really sweet lady. Mm-hmm. And so that's awesome. So. Uh, uh, you mentioned lacrosse earlier, and I, I love dual sport athletes. When I left Oklahoma State, I had started recruiting some really good basketball players from up north. Uh, we've had some a soccer player here and a couple other guys that played other sports here. But you were a lacrosse player, I mean a really good one. You were going to possibly be recruited, or you were being recruited, for Division One lacrosse. Mm-hmm. Talk about that whole experience, because that's a different world than golf. Yeah, I mean, that was my first sport. I mean, I loved lacrosse never could never get enough of it i probably practiced 10 times as much lacrosse as i did golf um so naturally i was going to be a little bit better i kind of got a knack for it because of how long i played um i mean i started when i was four Mm -hmm. in maryland and you know i i kind of grew up around it um i loved my teammates and stuff like that so i kind of just grew up uh knowing lacrosse kind of living and breathing lacrosse so um yeah when I started golf I was still better at lacrosse than I was golf oh really yeah and um even even most of the way through high school I felt like I was still better at lacrosse but you know that kind of gradually changed when I moved to Texas and uh yeah I I thought why not I have good weather here all the time too um but lacrosse quite wasn't quite as good as it was in California so I was like why not try and try golf out for the primary sport and worked out well well when i was initially recruiting you the very first winter that i saw you you played a junior golf tournament in 
Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. I couldn't talk to you at that, but I found out you had gone to California and played on a lacrosse club team that you used yeah. to be a part of. So you were still pretty conflicted at that point. Oh yeah, no, I was still, I was definitely still half and half at that point. Um, I yeah, I couldn't get enough of it. I I missed it so much because I'd take some time off for golf and vice versa. I'd take time off of lacrosse for golf. So you know, whenever I could, I tried to split them um and that was one of the cases where i got a good opportunity to go back to san diego and play a lacrosse tournament and uh also had a golf tournament well you really did it up right you know i fast forwarding a little bit you'd already signed a letter of intent your high school lacrosse buddies from from years or i guess from that time uh were trying to talk you into playing lacrosse Mm -hmm. and you you had a very nervous phone call with me you'd already signed a letter of intent (laughs) And you called me up, and I remember the phone call. It was like, Coach, I don't know how to ask you this, but I'd like to play some lacrosse this year. What would you think? What did I tell you? Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> you're, you're, you loved it. You were like, do it. I mean, you love it, and I like dual sport athletes. That's uh, no, what I'm you serious. Yeah. There's no question. Uh, you know, Jack Nicholas, who was my favorite player growing up, he, even in those days, 40, 50 years ago, was talking about it's great and healthy for kids to play other sports. Mm -hmm. And there's such a school of thought that says when they're nine years old, they have to make a decision and and it's all golf or all whatever. And I'm, I'm, you got to be thankful your dad didn't make that decision for you. Definitely not. No, he wouldn't have made that decision for me. No, no No, question about it. No chance. And I said, play soccer or play lacrosse. (laughs) And you did. Yeah. And you played well in both sports. And I think your team did well in lacrosse as well. So, uh, but anyway, going back to your recruitment to Baylor, which is highly unusual, there were two or three things that happened that got you what during the process that got you to Waco that I'll always remember. The f- one is the first day I saw you. I was uh, it was May, late May of 2015, and I was at Breckenridge Park in San Antonio, your hometown, mm-hmm. and I had no idea who was going to see that day. I didn't know any of the kids of your age group. None of the 2019s, 20s, or 21s. And you were the first kid I saw on the range. This is little, I mean, couldn't have weighed 100 pounds, less than 100 pounds. Definitely. <laughs> and you you kind of had this glare in your eye. You looked at me a couple of times, and I was just like, okay, that kid's pretty intense. Um, and I took video of you on the golf course as well. I remember you shot 73, 72 the first two days. You didn't play as good the final round uh, and finished kind of middle of the pack. But I did circle your name that day, and I thought, I'm going to watch that kid again. Didn't see you again that summer. Don't know why. I guess because I was recruiting the 2016s and 17s. Yeah. And um, the next time I saw you was Christmas break of that same year, of 2015. And you won the tournament at Barton Creek. You final round 69. And I, I remember thinking, wow, he's gotten some speed since then. He's still not very big, but... Now, had you noticed me at that point? Oh, yeah. Okay. I noticed you the first day. <clears throat> you did the first day? For sure, yeah. I told my dad, I'm going to Butler, because I saw the BU, and I thought it was Butler. He <laughs> um, no. thought it was Butler? Yeah, and then he, he... You weren't a smart kid at that point. No, right? I wasn't. No, not really. And uh, my dad my dad was like, you, you dummy. That's, uh, that's, that's Ricky Fowler's old coach. And I was like, I'm going to Baylor. <laughs> uh, no, I... Yeah, I definitely. I it took me a little bit, um, but no, I pretty much knew 
I, I liked Baylor. Um, I've heard really good things about Coach McGraw, and I knew that. So I was like, Well, yeah. the one question before we go through the rest of this visit, why did you make me work so hard if you knew it that day? Because I had to recruit you for over two years at that point. Yeah, just to torment you. Yeah, you did torment Just me. because. And for all my listeners out there, he's still tormenting me to this day. Yep. Certainly appreciate for that. Sure. But I do remember your first visit. Um, <clears throat> Tim Hobby, who was teaching you at the time, uh, had been a Baylor golfer, and I think – uh, you asked him about Baylor and how would I go about talking to the coach or whatever. And in those days, the rules did not prevent it. You could call a coach. Yeah. So I get a call from you. Coach McGraw, I'd like to come up for an unofficial visit. I assumed mom and dad would be there with you. And I looked outside my office window, and this kid has been dropped off in a car, I guess, by your sister. Yeah. And yep. you just walked down to the to the building and had a three-hour conversation with me and went back to San Antonio and played lacrosse that day. Yeah. I remember that day. What do you remember about that day? Oh, well, I I remember uh, having lacrosse practice, and I needed to get up there relatively early. So um, woke up pretty early, drove up the three hours or so that it was, and uh, yeah, I got dropped off at uh, Bear Ridge now. Yeah, and um, yeah, had a had an awesome conversation. And then left and went back, went and played practice. Okay, and in those days I couldn't call you. I couldn't write you. You were too young. Mm -hmm. So I I don't really know how you're doing. I mean, is he interested in Baylor or not? You took another visit uh, when we had started building our facility and the new facility here, the Billy W. Williams Golf Facility. And I I think you liked that. And first of all, the first thing I noticed was, I thought it was very interesting your parents didn't come on that first visit. Yeah. I think your dad did that on purpose. Yeah. He wanted you to go meet me and just to see if you could deal with that. On the second visit, your mom and dad did come with you, and you saw the facility. And about a month later, you called me back and said, Coach, be be all right to come up and and see the facility tomorrow. And I thought to myself, yes, I guess. But, I mean, you were here a month ago. But I I wasn't going to question it because I did want you to come up to Waco. And why did you come up for that next visit? Well, to commit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had to commit. <laughs> well, and I thought that was impressive, too. That was the other part about your recruiting process that I really liked was you wanted to commit in person, even though you'd seen the facility and mm-hmm. we'd already had the visits and I'd seen you play at a bunch of golf tournaments. I was always impressed by that. You wanted to commit. In per- I, I take it back. One other person committed in person, and that was Luke Dossie. Mm-hmm. He did come up to Baylor one or to Waco one day uh, to visit his brother, and I didn't realize what he was doing, but he was coming up to visit and commit. But it's pretty rare. Usually a kid's gone through the whole process, and he calls a coach up and says, I want to commit. You wanted to do it in person. I did. I yeah. like that. Um, you know, you, your excitement about coming to Baylor, and this is for the Baylor people out there, was very early on. I didn't know it until later. You wanted to commit earlier, much earlier, and your dad mm-hmm. wouldn't let you. Talk about that. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of was torn early, and then – Kind of made a decision uh, shortly after that um, and really wanted to go to Baylor. And my dad was just pushing me to just, you know, uh, take some time, you know, evaluate some more um, schools. You know, I kind of already looked at a bunch of schools. There were a few that were pretty close, but, I mean, I had made my decision. And he uh, he just was wanting to me sp- or wanting me to be super patient Um yeah, I was the one that was rushing it for sure. But at the same time, I, I think he knows that I made the right decision too. Well, I just see the other happen so often where a kid has a nice visit and he thinks this is where I'd like to go, and but he doesn't even consider anybody else. 
And I encourage recruits if they come in, do you have any more visits? Well, yeah, I've cut these other two visits. Well, take them. And then if it's still crystal clear, this is where you want to go, That's this is where you'll show up. You'll be here. So I, I applaud your dad for that because that must have been hard for you. I think your dad kind of trusted me and thought yeah. it would be a good place, but he also wanted you to think about it for a while. Yeah. I'm thankful he did that. I'm glad you're here. But I'm still kind of mad at you that you made me work for two and a half more years yep. <laughs> to make it happen. Yep. Oh, well. Um, there's a term that we use often. We call it student-athlete. Um, pretty easy to say student. It's pretty easy to say athlete. Not as easy to say it together because most people on campus are either a very dedicated student or they're a very dedicated athlete. It's not as often that they're both. Johnny, you are. And and honestly, the beginning of your senior year in high school, your dad said, well, my son's going to sign in two months. He called me and he said, my son's going to sign in two months and he's going to be on your campus in a year. What do I need to do over the next year to make sure he's ready? And I said, well, I don't suppose we can do everything perfectly. But I said, you might prepare him that whatever he's doing in high school, probably the academics are going to be a little more stressful. Well, your dad took it to a, I think he, talk about that, because I know, I remember the conversation with him, and I think you changed your attitude toward that. Yeah, I mean, I kind of didn't really try that much in high school. I feel like I was smart, but I definitely didn't really put that as a priority. And then, um, you know, my dad emphasized it to me. He was like, look, you got to, you got to work your butt off and um, make sure that you get some good grades, um, you know, education scholarship at Baylor, like the opportunities here are so much better um, and, you know, you can get a lot of money and stuff like that for it. So I was like, you know what? Yeah, let's do it. So I kind of put my head in the books, um, studied a lot, took a lot harder classes as well. And um, that really prepared me pretty, pretty good for, uh, for college. I mean, my first year here felt like it was honestly easier than high school at, at first. And then obviously it got harder and harder, but I, I mean, I, I felt pre- very prepared. I felt like I took a new attitude to it and um, had to stress time management even more. Well, I learned something from your dad, right? At that point, it was like, I need to encourage every kid, just be as good as you can in the classroom. I've always kind of given lip service to that, but truly watching you do it. I mean, Ricky did pretty much the same thing. He did not think school was very much fun at all. I don't think you did either at some point. And Ricky made it a priority because I told him, you're not going to Hawaii or Puerto Rico in February, either one of those tournaments, unless you have a certain GPA. And it was like, you kidding me, coach? You're going to take me. I got to go there. Yeah. And so anyway, he he made school more of a priority and he did better. Well, you made it a true priority. I can't from FERPA rules and privacy laws, I, I'm not allowed to say what your GPA is, but it's very high. You've done a great job in the classroom in an accounting degree at Baylor, which is pretty tough. And just your commitment to that has been pretty good because it'd be one thing to say, well, his commitment to academics was wonderful, except his golf suffered greatly, but that has not been the case. Mm-hmm. Your golf game has gotten better and better as you've gone through. So thank you for that. All right, class of 2019, you were part of that. And so was Luke Dossie, so was Tyler Eisenhart, and so was Scout McNeely. So you've lived with those guys. Now, Scout graduated after three years, mm-hmm. but you've lived with Scout, Tyler, and Luke basically for four years. Uh, I need to know one word to describe each guy. And, and first of all, one word to describe you. I didn't, I didn't prepare you for that. What's one word to describe Johnny Kiefer? Uh, competitive. Competitive. I would say that is a good word. 
That is definitely, and sometimes to your detriment. Yeah, yeah sometimes. Okay. Uh, Luke Dossie, one word or a s- simple description. Orderly or mature. Yeah, that I mean, that pretty much states him for he's, sure. He's the most mature guy of the class of 2019. Yeah, definitely. No, no doubt. doubt no doubt about it. All right, Tyler Eisenhart from Chicago. Sneakiest funny guy I've ever met. Yeah, you would for sure. It's kind of under the radar. Oh, huh, under the radar for sure. Yeah, I well, mean, he's so under the radar <laughs> the coaches never see it. Oh no! <laughs> but when he says something no, occasionally, it's, it's pretty funny. Just yeah, the whole room will erupt laughing. I love it. Yeah, and he's a quiet kid too. Yeah, in general, Scout McNeely. For Scout, it's so hard to put into one word. Um, I'd kind of describe it almost as like a Swiss Army knife. Um, he's got every quality that you want in a friend teammate um you know for sure well i would agree with you there that's partly the reason we created an award in his honor called the scout mcneely award which i mean would be an incredible honor if you were able to win that one day Mm -hmm. or anybody just scout was one of the most put together guys i've ever coached great guy swiss army knife i never never thought about that but i agree he's got all the tools he's got everything you need um so what's the best thing you learned from each one of those guys or just in general? What are some of the things that you learned from your teammates? Yeah, I mean, I'd say just as a collective, uh, you know, golf is golf is kind of what we do. It's not who we are. Um, but also, you know, we have to get our work done and then we can have we can have some fun, you know, like take a little break from golf every now and then. But at the same time, like we get our stuff done really, really efficiently um, and effectively. We're all really smart in the classroom, I feel. And we all work very hard at that. Um, we have all made golf and school a priority. But at the same time, you know, we kind of feel like lighten each other's loads. I mean, it's it's like, you know, one person might be taking something too serious or one person might be doing something, uh, I don't know, like thinking that golf is everything. But at the same time, we're all out there to, you know, um, kind of help each other and balance each other out. So if you think about it, the college golf experience for you, what what would you say is the most valuable thing about it? Because I want the young listeners and their parents to think about, like, what value is this providing for you right now? You know, I feel like everyone pushes each other. Um, I think it's incredible. Um, some of the progress that you see in players these days um, uh, in college golf. I mean, it's it is a team sport. That's what I mean. It really is. Um, and I've played team sports. Everyone pushes each other, but this is this really is a team sport. Um, especially even individuals. But yeah, it's just nonstop growth. Um, everyone's pushing each other whether it's as competitors or as friends, we're all there to uh, support each other, but also help each other get better. I like that. I think that's one of the things that's missed um, for a kid coming into college. It's like, what, what do I want out of this? Okay, you kind of find out the things you want out of this, but you get so much more than you ever thought you could. And for you, it's just this nonstop growth. I mean, you've been growing since the day you got here. It's been pretty amazing. Um, what makes Baylor special? Why is Baylor a special place to be? I think Baylor's special just because of the people um, here, Uh, professors, coaches, um, students, and like even people, you know, you just meet, meet in a class or something like that. They're just, I mean, everyone is just so helpful, um, so nice. It's, I mean, it's different from other places that I've been, um, noticeably different. And 
I mean, I don't really know a single Baylor grad that's ever been mean. I don't, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> you think there's a mean, be, mean Baylor grad? Yeah, no. Okay. Um, I, don't, I honestly don't think there are. Well, good for you. You know, uh, Maverick McNeely once told me he had played with three former Baylor golfers in competition. He had played with Kyle Jones. He had played with Hunter Shattuck. He played with, and I forget the third one. I just remember talking to him, and he said, gosh, is there a, a bad Baylor golfer? Are they all good people? I said, well, that's, we try to do that. Yeah. That's a real focus of ours is try to find good people first. But they also have to have other qualities. So I'm going to ask you this a hard question to ask you. But what is your greatest asset or quality? What makes, what's the best thing you do? I think I'm extremely gritty. Um, I think when things get tough, I think I bear down really well. Um, you know, golf isn't a game of perfect, so I gotta, I gotta make sure that I can get everything that I can that day. Um, I can only focus on so much. I can only control so much, but, uh, I'm going to control what, control what I can and, you know, bear down. Did you get, you said bear down. Didn't yeah, you? I did. Uh, did you get some of this grittiness from lacrosse? Cause I remember seeing videos your dad would send me of lacrosse. You were the smallest guy on the field. You happen to be also the quickest guy in the field, mm-hmm. but they would beat beat the tar out of you. I mean, they were bigger and phys- more physical than you. How did you overcome that? Is that part of the grittiness? Uh, yeah, I'd say that's part of the grittiness for sure. Um, also, just I'm so competitive that I won't let anyone beat me uh, without me trying or without me, you know, going down without a fight. Um, I kind of get that from my dad. Um, you know, he we've had a lot of long car rides where you know he'll be talking about something and we'll just be having a good conversation and you know I just get a lot of qualities from him and I think he's kind of the same way but I kind of take it to a new level that's what I say yeah you definitely take it I to, take a, new it to level. a new level so I, I remember you told me there's a technique you had of when you're about to get hit you sort of rolled or oh, did yeah. some, explain that to me because I got yeah you always got to roll with the hit you got to go with it and then just kind of use it to either speed you up or do something. Can't You cannot fight the hit, especially for me being so um, small. Mm-hmm. I mean, in eighth grade, I was still in the 90s for pounds. Um, even all the way through up, up through freshman year, I was in I was like 95 pounds, um, like maybe, maybe five foot. What do you weigh now? Uh, like 150. Yeah. yeah but one, I think you could weigh a little more than that. Haven't you I, lost I some weight? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got sick over the break. So lost a little bit of weight there. Um, so you're really a 160 pound guy right now, yeah, basically. Pretty much. Okay. Well, that's a little more than 90 pounds. Yeah. That's a little more. A little bit. So I like the grittiness. Um, I, I appreciate the fact that you bring that to the team. That's important. Sometimes maybe even to your own detriment, maybe you, mm-hmm. you, you fight too hard. Yeah. I, that's a tough thing to say, but maybe you, yeah. Maybe that leads to my next question. What's an area of improvement or progress you could make? What do you think? Yeah, I think an area of improvement that I really need to work on, and I've kind of been working on it lately, especially, is, like, expectation levels. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the better you are, the more competitive you are, your expectation, your expectations are going to be high. Um, so, I mean, personally, especially in lacrosse and golf, you know, expectations can only get so high um because the higher they are the harder it is to really enjoy what you're doing um feel like you're getting better um and i just feel like yeah that can definitely be a detriment to uh my game sometimes and i'm really trying to work hard on that okay so i that's good to know because i could help you more with that but Mm -hmm. so i said i like dual sport athletes 
I really like the athletes that come from a competitive background because I think it's easier to coach them. It's like, I don't want to coach effort or competitiveness. I want that to be inside the player. So I don't think I've ever had to coach you on effort. And I don't think I've ever had to coach you on competitiveness because you're always going to be competitive, maybe too competitive at mm -hmm. times. So that's why I think dual sport athletes really do well in golf, yeah. better than most people think. So I'm very impressed by that. And yes, I think you could work on the expectation level. You probably put too much pressure on yourself at times. All right, so your goal, I'm certain, has been since you were a little boy, but I know since I started recruiting you was to play the PGA Tour. And so this stop in college for four or five years is a time when you can kind of prepare. You obviously have mentors out there or people you look up to on the PGA Tour. Could you tell me three or four of the guys you look up to the most and why? What are their qualities you know, on the PGA Tour? Yeah, I mean, I have a few guys, probably uh, Ricky, Ricky uh, Fowler, Fowler. Mm -hmm. yep. uh, Colin Morikawa, and Maverick McNeely. Um, those are probably the guys that I look up to the most. Um, I don't know Ricky or Colin. Hopefully meet Ricky soon and Colin. Mm -hmm. um, I do know Mav, um, but they're all, I mean, you can just kind of tell that they're all, they're all different. Um, Ricky, he's got the flair. Um, seems like he's as competitive as it gets as well. And, um, yeah, I mean, I look up to the guy. I've always looked up to the guy um, ever since he came on PJ Tour. Um, Colin, he's kind of he's pretty close to Ricky for me. Um, I also like that both of them are Asian. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, a lot of people, better, better yeah. golfers, may not know you have an Asian background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, yeah, I mean, I I think Colin is he seems like a very genuine guy. I really like his game. He seems extremely gritty as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, and then Mav, uh, Mav just seems like he's got it all figured out. Mm -hmm. yeah, that that's the guy that just you know, you look at him and you're just like, that guy's definitely got a plan. He's got he he's got everything. Right well, now. I have a question for you. You think in the out. history of college golf, it'll ever happen again where a true walk on was a two time college player of the year? Do you think it'll ever happen again? Because I don't. I think it might happen just because of how talented people are. Okay. All right, but. He he's definitely special. I mean, I, I've met the guy, and he's he's as meticulous as it gets. But at the same time, he's as humble as it gets. Um, I mean, he he's he's really a quality human being. Yeah, I have a great amount of respect for all three of those guys. One I recruited and coached that was Ricky. Colin, I got I developed a relationship while he was in college. He's actually been a podcast guest as well. And Maverick, all three of those guys. It's funny you'd mention them because they've all been on this podcast. But I have a great amount of respect for all of them, mm -hmm. and I think every one of them is a good example for you, mm -hmm. and every one of them is a good example for yeah. any player I recruit. So I applaud the fact that even though Mavericks the only mentor for you because the other two you've not met yet, but I think their qualities I think shine through. So it's great, mm -hmm. wonderful to have mentors like that. Um, so. What's one thing that you would love to have known in high school that would have made this whole transition to college and in college golf a lot easier for you? Uh, it's not the amount of time that you put in. Uh, it's the quality of time that you put in. Uh, so I, I used to spend countless hours practicing. I, I mean, my high school coach knows. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd be out there as much as I could and just nonstop hitting balls, nonstop practicing putting, nonstop chipping, just just mindless hours. And 
as I got to college, I kind of understood the idea of time management, but I didn't really understand it fully. Um, some of the guys on the team, Colin, Ryan, Cooper, all the experienced guys I kind of look up to, um, they, they, they knew. So I kind of watched them for a while and I understood that maybe I might not, or I might be putting in more hours, but they're putting in more quality hours and that's really what counted. Um, they, they kind of showed me the way and showed me the ropes and I've really tried to hold on to that, um, and make sure I had a plan, make sure I had a purpose every time I went to practice and, yeah, was, Has it taken some getting used to? I mean, have you been because I know even in college you've struggled with just going out and hitting as many balls as you could. Yeah. So it, it's like a drug. Uh, I mean, yeah, it kind of sucks really you is. back in, and you've got to be careful because truly, you you never play a U.S. Open or an NCAA championship on a driving range tee. Mm-hmm. It's eventually going to be played out on a golf course. Yeah. So you're learning that there, and that's not to take away from work. You do, yeah. you do want no, to work. You, yeah, I for sure want to work hard, but at the same time, I, I know it has to be a quality. Mm-hmm. Well, Johnny, you've been a two-time All-American at Baylor and also a member of the United States Arnold Palmer Cup team. So talk about that experience because I know, I'll never – you could not wipe the smile off your face the week after they picked you to be on the team. It was crazy. Uh, yeah. You were so excited. So talk about that experience and what that meant to you, and hopefully you get to do it again. Yeah, I mean, going into it, I knew how big of a deal it was. Uh, saw Cooper get to go, and, you know, I just I wanted to be on that team so bad. Um, I knew I was close, and when I got picked, I just, yeah, I couldn't stop smiling. It was, <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it was funny. Um, no, nah, it was, it was one of the best experiences on the course that I've ever had. Um, being a part of a team that, that represents your country in another country. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was incredible. The course was incredible. The teammates were incredible. Switzerland's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the whole experience was, um, yeah, incredible. Well, that's the only word you've got. <laughs> yeah, no, but apparently. you know, I remember back when you played on the uh, U.S. Uh, World Cup team Japan, over in Japan. Yeah. I remember how much pride you took in that. You didn't mm-hmm. play particularly well that week, kind of middle of the pack. Yeah. But you were so excited to be there. You were representing the United States. You also represented the West in the uh, Wyndham Cup for the AJGA. So anytime you've been part of a team competition, you loved it. So when you did that twice as a junior golfer, I knew you'd be a pretty good teammate here. And so that experience, and you, you talked about Luke and Tyler and Scout and Cooper and Colin and Ryan, all these teammates you had through the years – that's a bond for life. And uh, even though the cup teams may be in a bond for life, but it's a, it's a special experience. Yeah. So uh, did anybody that, on that team you met for the first time, or did you know them all? I'm trying to think. I think I pretty much knew them all. Yeah, I pretty okay. much knew them all. <laughs> well, through college golf. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Well, so that was a great experience. We have, um, we have a... Uh, another year here but basically you've got the rest of this spring semester you are potentially going to come back for a covid fifth year mm-hmm. which would be great for us it'd be great for you if you had an opportunity to do that but you know our our hope is that this spring is your best spring yet so let's talk about the spring season that we've got coming up we you talked about the patriot all-american you're going to play as an individual with three of your teammates in december but our, our next team competition is the border olympics in laredo in mid-February. So 
the great thing about going to the Border Olympics is you know it's going to be 80 degrees. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in February. It'll so be nice down it, there. That will be really It'll nice. It'll be nice. And we've played there a couple times during your career, yeah. I believe. Uh, then we go out to Southern California, Palm Springs, about a week to 10 days later for the Prestige. Yeah. Okay. Now, we've got a special week. We're going to go out and see our old buddy, Scout McNeely. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's yep. basically a course he's played a bunch. And yeah. He's going to be out there watching us. That should be a blast. Then we come to March 5th through the 7th at Cabo Collegiate, which is an event that's been pretty good in your career, as I recall. Yeah. I think you finished second as a freshman. You finished third this past spring. Let's talk about that event. Why, why do you like Cabo so much? It's Cabo. <laughs> What's not to like about well, Cabo? It's a pretty good no, spot. It's, it's, it's a really special tournament. You know, I, I love the course. I love the hospitality. Barbara Ann uh, Klein does a great job with that oh tournament. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah she's really That is good. one of the best tournaments all year. So last year, I mean, it's definitely a great tournament. There's no question. You had um, been playing well, but not particularly well in the final rounds. And so I just thought, I'm just going to go walk with Johnny this final round. I hadn't been walking with you at all. Mm-hmm. And... You kind of looked at me like you kind of had a, yeah, was, what's he doing here? I was confused. I was like, what is this old man doing here? <laughs> Why are you here? And I just thought to myself, you were not near the lead, but you were within three or four. So, you, I mean, you had a chance to do pretty well in the tournament. And uh, I just said, hey, I'm just going to walk along and watch a great player play today. How about that? And I don't think you missed a shot all day. Maybe a five iron on number five on the back nine. Um, yeah. But you played incredible that day. Shot eight under par, 63. It just looked like about as easy, five or six birdies in a row at one point. Mm-hmm. Talk about that round, and how was that a catalyst for the rest of the season? Uh, I mean, it, it kind of, it definitely motivated me and uh, definitely kind of kick-started my season, I guess, from that point on. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like I gained a lot of confidence from that. You know, I felt like my game was in a good spot. Um, I just needed to continue to work, and that's kind of what I did. And played well at Aggie, played well at ASU. Um I think Houston was around there mm-hmm. or before then, yep. but uh, yeah, I knew I knew the game was uh, kind of trending in the right direction. Um, I had a good mentality about it, and you know, just love to pick apart some courses. Well, you definitely picked ap- apart the Cove Club there in Cabo. That was incredible that final round. Uh, so that was last year, but that's part of this year's schedule as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we we have a little break after Cabo. Uh, in the middle of March, we're not going very many places uh, at all. And then we go to the Aggie Invitational April 3rd and 4th down at College Station. That's literally almost in our backyard yeah. down the road. Arizona State's tournament in mid-April, and then we go from there. About 10 days later, we are at the Big 12 Championship. Hutchinson, Kansas. Yep. Prairie Dunes. I love that course. Do you? I love that course. I'm glad you say that because I do too. It's my favorite place. Part of my ashes are going to be spread there. There's no question. Uh, What a golf course. Um, And I think you're a great putter, and I think great putters dominate those greens because they love the true role. They are tricky, but they're they're really good. That that course is incredible. Yeah, well, we'll be there again. That's one of the great things about the Big 12 Conference is we play three great golf courses for the conference championship. We play Prairie Dunes. Other years we play Southern Hills. And we also play Whispering Pines down in Trinity, Texas. So we don't know where the regional will be, and we know that the NCAA championship is in Scottsdale, Arizona, the last week in May. So that's our spring schedule. I know you're getting ready for it. You're excited. Yeah. I'm really excited, too. And let's talk about your teammates. 
Boy, they've stepped up this year and played really well. Really well. Yeah. yeah. No, it's awesome to see. I mean, it's great to see. You've got a lot of support this year. Yeah. Um, it was great to see Luke uh, win a golf tournament. He won yeah. the Bear Brawl. And uh, Tyler's played really well. And Trey Bosco's played better than he's played mm-hmm. in the past. So we've got a bunch of guys really kicking in and playing some good golf. Yeah. No, it's really good to see. I mean, they're all making really good progress. We, we've we talked about it. Everyone on the team has talked about it. It's it's it has to it has to come from the hard work and it is the hard work that we've put in um it's kind of showing and it's nice it's nice that it's finally showing yeah and we're doing some good work in the in the weight room in the off season uh, isabella ball sells izzy as we call her is doing a great job and yeah. and i saw you guys in there working out this morning it was great so uh we're seeing club at speed we're seeing just a lot of things that are really really good for this team but I'm really excited for you and your teammates for a great spring schedule. We'll get started February 13th and 14th at the Border Olympics. Johnny, now I'm going to do the speed round with you. Uh-oh. Okay, and and Luke Dossi a couple of weeks ago was upset with him because I forgot to do a speed round for his interview. I Aww. forgot. Yeah, I know. And so, <laughs> so you're benefiting because I'm going to do the, Thanks. Here we go. All right. First question. Chipotle or Chick-fil-A? Chipotle. That a boy. Shawshank Redemption or Remember the Titans? Remember the Titans. You love that team atmosphere. I do. Yeah, it's really, really good. George Strait or Luke Bryan? George Strait. San Antonio, but how could you not? I mean, that's way over the top. Favorite course we play each year? Um, Olympia Fields. Okay, Olympia Fields, because we get to go there every year. Favorite course you've ever played in competition? Maybe one of those U.S. amateurs? Yeah, it's either... Uh, Olympia Fields or Oakmont. I mean, Oakmont's definitely up there. Yeah, Oakmont's a pretty special place. Tournament you'd most like to win in your life? Cabo. Cabo? Yeah. Over the Masters? Yep. Let's go, Oh, Cabo. wait, no. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were saying this year. Um, oh, yeah, Masters, for sure. Okay, Masters. I was going to say, the Cabo Collegiate. I want to go back every year. <laughs> okay. All right, well, we'll let you go back to Cabo. As long as you want to play at Cabo, you're welcome. Uh, favorite pro golfer and why? I think I asked this question earlier, but... Of those three, who's your favorite? Hands down favorite. It's probably got to be Ricky just because he's been the OG. Okay. Yeah. Ricky's – what's the OG stand for? Original. Oh, original. Okay. Atta just boy. original. boy, Ricky. Okay. Um, describe the lighting fixtures at the Billy, and what is your main issue with our lighting here at the Billy? Yeah. Uh, I knew that would stump you. So for the – he's not going to answer that question. I am. His freshman year, he was running in from the parking lot – Oh, and he ran into a light pole <laughs> and had, had one of the worst shiners I've ever seen. I honestly thought your your eyesight would be affected, but it wasn't. No, I got into a fight. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't run into anyway, a pole. Anyway, <laughs> I just wanted to throw it. You, weren't, you were surprised for that. You didn't I know was what surprised I was. by the pole. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, your favorite Coach McGraw quirk? There are so many. Uh, probably it's got to be the ice cream. I co- the coffee... I mean, the coffee stuns me because it's scalding hot. Yeah. But the ice cream, the way you eat it so fast without getting a brain freeze and just hop right back in line, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. Kind of scary. It's scary. So temperature just really doesn't bother me very much, does it? Yeah. Okay, most interesting, not well-known, fact or tidbit about any teammate. So you can pick one of the nine guys on the team, most interesting, not well-known fact. Is there a fact about one of these guys? Well, that Scout's afraid of fish. Wait a second. Scout me is afraid of fish. Yeah. Does he still, I mean, he just won't go near fish? He just doesn't like them. Okay. I don't know why that is. That's a good one. I, that's not well known. 
How many holes in one have you made? Five. Just the six for me, Johnny. Just the six for me. Now, I witnessed your last one. Just wait. Just wait. <laughs> I also run a five-minute mile. Okay, well, 512 was the yeah, fastest. Yeah, 511 time. is my fastest. Okay, yeah. good. Well, that's an Alex <laughs> Norton story. Um, so you do, you're short on hole-in-ones right now, but I know you'll pass me very soon. Yeah. Dream foursome, you and three others. Who are they going to be? Uh, David Goggins. Okay. Scout McNeely. Mm-hmm. Ricky Fowler. Ricky. Okay. You know, uh, Ricky wants... There's a few interchangeable in there. Yeah, there's definitely. But, I mean, Goggins, because he's a gritty, tough guy now. That guy's awesome. I saw an interview with him just recently. He's pretty impressive. Well, Ricky – or I mean, sorry, you're not Ricky. You're Johnny. Yeah. Johnny, thank you so much for uh, spending about 45 minutes with me today. This has been great. I appreciate all the perspectives you have, and I definitely appreciate the hard work that you and your teammates are putting in this year. It's, it's going to be a great spring for us. Yes, sir. I'm excited about it. Too. All right. Thanks, Thanks Coach. Thanks, Coach.